0: Lizards sometimes retain primordial qualities. To look at them, you may see the scaly faces of ages long gone. The sailfin dragon lizard has a look that matches its fantastical name. But the dinosaur-esque nature of this reptile doesn't mean it doesn't have a few new tricks in its arsenal. The dragon makes its home near the water, and he brings some interesting adaptations to the taxonomic table. Improving on the tried and true reptile design might be the best option for this aquatic dragon in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. That was very musical. Thank you. Speaking of music, thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song to hear more of Cassie's music. Search Cassie Michelle on YouTube. And today, we're talking about a modern day dinosaur with a name to match. But more on that later.
1: The name matches the dinosaur-ness of it. It does. But we won't hold you in suspense any longer. Because that name is the Sailfin Dragon Lizard. Which is the final boss in Mortal Kombat. (laughs) Don't play Mortal Kombat, kids. It's bad for your eyes. (laughs) But we're going to call it here. Actually, there's a lot of nicknames for this particular one. uh, That other people have given it. I have a few. But people also call it the Crested Lizard. The Sailfin Water Lizard the Soa Soa lizard, and the natives of the region where it lives is the, I call it the Ibid, which I'm sure that's not how they pronounce it, it's probably Ibid or something like that, um, but we're going to call it here, the intriguing Icarus iguana, and the holy hydrosaur, but let's taxonomize this, let's jump right into it. The kingdom is the one you know. It's also the one you love. Yes, love and are in. The kingdom is Animalia. The phylum is Chordata. The class is Reptilia, because dragons are reptiles. Everybody knows that. The the order is Squamata. So we're getting into Lizard Zone. Uh, The suborder is Iguania. So it's an iguana. That's why I called it the Icarus Iguana. The family is... Agamidae. Yeah, we'll go with that. Agamidae. The genus is Hydrosaurus. And that's about where the cool factor ends because the species name is Pustulatus. (laughs) (laughs) So it's Hydrosaurus Pustulatus. So it's uh, a pimply water dinosaur. (laughs) But since we're in the Business of naming things, it's time for Cue the Music. My favorite part of the show Critter Groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? Or what is the uh, collective noun? Or what is the term of venery, if you want to get fancy with it? And since we're doing an iguana, or a kind of iguana, that's what we're going to go with because there isn't uh, a collective noun for the sailfin dragon lizard, but there is for iguanas. So, since you are probably... you, you live in South Florida and you are probably always surrounded by iguanas wherever you go to uh, any sort of business park or office building, you can, you, you can, you can whip this one out at uh, the next... Office party we go to. (laughs) Um, if you saw if if you you know, were walking by one of South Florida's many canals and you saw the characteristic swath of iguanas resting on the uh, on the canal bank, would you say that's Swath A (laughs) a plot of iguanas B a mess? Of iguanas, C, a ring of iguanas, or D, a patch of iguanas, or E, a a swath of
0: iguanas. (laughs) Mess is accurate because they're mess. They're a mess in South Florida
1: and they poop a lot
0: and they dig under stuff. Um, a patch, mess. What were the other two? It's
1: plot, mess, ring, and patch.
0: Let me go with mm, plot. You said? Yeah. I guess I'm going with plot.
1: Is that your final answer? Yes. And you should have gone with your gut. I know you wanted to say mess because mess was the answer.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. See, there were none of them really like had a clear association with the animal. Other than like mess, but that's only because it's invasive where I live.
1: They're just all over the place. They're not. They're not organized, <laughs> which is good. It's good that animals aren't that organized. Big in, big animals like, like that.
0: They're not picketing and demonstrating.
1: No, they they're also don't organized. have a hierarchy of. Uh, they don't have a chain of command. But so yes, it's a mess of iguanas. So if you're wondering what this looks like and you've heard me mention iguana several times, keep that image in your head and then just add a dinosaur to it. What kind of dinosaur, you ask? Well, we'll talk about that in a second. It has a long body, dry, scaly, armor-like wrinkled skin, and four short squat legs with feet tipped with sharp claws and long uh, gangly uh, toes and fingers and stuff. I don't know, if, you just, if you've seen an iguana, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it has a row of small spikes lining its spine from the base of its neck uh, all the way to the beginning of its tail, and from far away, it kind of looks like a, almost like a tuft of fur, like its hackles are up, um, but they're just, they're spikes, so don't grab them. Um, its head and face are kind of gecko-like. I was looking at a picture of like a close-up of its face, and it doesn't really have that that iguana that traditional invasive south florida or even galapagos marine iguana uh look it's got more of a the definition of a gecko slightly more it's got the short snout the defined jaw um angry eyes instead of the soulless eyes (laughs) of a regular iguana um and like many lizards, it has a throttle flap called a dewlap. And that hangs down from its neck and is used to woo potential mates during mating season. Um, so basically, what I've described so far is your typical iguana. But the thing that sets this guy apart is his tail. So while most iguanas have a thin, like, whip tail, which I have been whipped by and it hurts... Uh, the <laughs> male sailfin dragon lizard has a thicker tail, and then it has this large crest that spans kind of the first fourth. Just doing a general eye measurement, uh, first fourth of its the length of its tail. So from the um, from the where the tail connects to the rump, about a quarter of the way down, uh, and it's you know this big. Uh, it's it's a crest so it's it's a big like kind of dome it's thin uh, it has ridges that segment it along the length of it uh, it looks I mean I couldn't find an exact measurement for it um, but it looks to be I don't know I want to say like th- three or four inches tall like it's it's pretty significant.
0: Oh, we'll learn exactly how tall it is. Oh, will
1: we? I didn't know you found that measurement. I couldn't find it. When there's a couple pictures I saw that make it look kind of like a just a big fin or a large curved feather. It's clearly clearly has a specific function that you'll talk about later. Um, but it makes it look really similar to the dimetrodon, which is the dinosaur that you're thinking of when you look at this. Which apparently is not actually a dinosaur, but that's we don't. What do we know?
0: What even is a dinosaur? It's
1: a thing. Like sometimes they're <laughs> reptiles, sometimes they're birds,
0: some and sometimes they're thought to be birds and not. Di- apparently, the uh, the T Rex never, probably never had feathers. You know, like we, they, for a while it was popular to think like it had feathers. The T Rex had was a feathered friend, but in reality probably not because big animals don't need insulation that feathers provide in fact they probably need to cool off better
1: plus they definitely don't fly
0: which I think we talked about that when we um,
1: but I guess the ostrich and emu don't fly
0: when we talked about that shrew that really tiny the pygmy shrew
1: did we- oh cause it like it's heart moves beats at
0: yeah, mitosis it's, and stuff like so that. It's so small like,
1: that it has to continue eating because staying warm is really difficult. But if you're really, really like big, ele- you don't need that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, you you trap a lot of heat in the center of your body.
1: So you actually really want... You need really want it. to cool off. The t- I, the, what we don't know about the T-Rex is that it just liked a good mud bath. It spent its whole it time just, in it, the mud.
0: No, what we didn't know is that it had just huge elephant ears. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But it was that just cartilaginous. Like, you know, they dig-
0: <laughs> yeah, it just disappears. <laughs> oh my goodness! Could you imagine?
1: <laughs> 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 it's just got these big. Oh, that would be perfect. I hope that's the case. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, maybe it had like you know like the uh, the frill. Uh, what is it, deinonychus or dilophosaurus? Dilophosaurus,
1: yeah. According to Jurassic Park, which is Cretaceous Park.
0: Yeah. Anyway, would you like to know like its size and dimensions or relatable terms?
1: Not yet. Uh, so the last oddity for this uh, particular iguana, the sailfin dragon lizard, is that his scales are all kinds of crazy colors. So usually when you see a, uh, an iguana in South Florida, they, they can actually get to be like bright green or bright orange or some kind of like a reddish hue. Um, the ones in the Galapagos are usually... Like a dull green or gray, maybe a little bit bluish, but the hydrosaurus, the in dragon lizard, is uh, can be a mottled purple with bluish, like in bright bluish green tints on its scales, and the older they get, the purpler they become. Yeah, so the, the, if you look at pictures of this, I imagine that some of them are enhanced. Like when we talked about the Malabar uh, giant squirrel. And it beat having purple fur. Um, but this one is seems to be legitimately purple. Maybe not quite as purple as the pictures uh, point out. We just like purple animals. If, you, if there's a purple animal, we cover it. We do the frog. We did the, the squirrel. And we do <laughs> this one. There's just not that many of them. So we'll cover them all. Okay, now you can tell us how big it is.
0: Okie dokie. Well, welcome to the beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the uh, part of the show uh, we which we have not updated. We have not uh, done another election. This I guess maybe this is a two-term t- uh, office or something. Uh,
1: Unless you're FDR, and then you get a f- three terms, which would be just unorthodox.
0: <laughs> the part not consecutive. We we could we couldn't do it consecutively. No. Uh, this this is more of like a hostile coup at this point. <laughs> this is a, where this is is like a coup a, d'etat. There's no peaceful transfer of power. There's no more democratic elections. The Jedi will have to take uh,
1: control of the Senate in order to ensure a peaceful transaction.
0: Exactly. Uh, we grant you the rank of uh, segment, but we... Uh, something or other. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you are on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of segment. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen to your favorite segment.
0: Y- you are a segment we do not grant you the rank of favorite. Um, it's unfair. Okay, <laughs> it's the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that is introduced by you when you send in audio of yourself saying, "singing or The words measure up into LDtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new intro this week, Ugh. but that means we get to hear from an animal, and Carlos has to guess what it is. Here we go. Without further ado, and I will, I will. Uh, I will uh, uh, I'll warn you that there are people in this. So there's a lady laughing. So that that's not the animal, uh, but she doesn't say what it is. So we're, it's safe to hear. You'll know when it's the animal. Uh, without further ado, the listener favorite part of the show. Okay.
1: I heard another like, was it a child screaming or something?
0: Yeah, there's an there's also a child. Okay. Uh, later in the video, the mule, or donkey, or zebra, or K-Use or whatever it is. <laughs> Did you just ruin it? Uh, <laughs> is it a a donkey? Is it B a mule? Is it C a zebra, or is it D a a K-use? I don't know what I, I
1: know it's not a zebra. I don't know what a K-use is. I can't tell the difference between a donkey and a mule. Uh, shout! So we'll go with mule since that's what you slipped up on.
0: I said that first. Well, that is correct. <laughs> I for I was just reading the title of the the thing. I should have just said Johnny. His name's Johnny. But, yeah, this is Johnny the Mule. The link to this video will be in the show notes. This mule is really cool looking because it's got, like, longer fur. It's like a furry-looking horse. And, uh... (laughs) The comments.
1: There's a Bonanza episode called The Crime of Johnny Mule. (laughs) Johnny the Mule is, uh... I'm seeing images of the Clint Eastwood movie because the hurt by Johnny cash is in it. (laughs) This is, I'm not getting anything good. So let's just move on.
0: (laughs) The, one of the comments on this video is I asked my boyfriend what noise a a mule makes and he just made a random noise. So I looked it up and I cannot believe how close he was. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. And then another, another comment is it father, a horse it fathered a horse it father a horse uh probably a reference to the fact horse. that mules are one part horse one part donkey
1: yeah isn't there if the father is a horse and the mother is a donkey then it's a mule but if it's flipped around it's a different one right
0: if if it father a horse then it be a hinny a hinny not a mule not a mule yeah if it father a donkey and it mother a horse, then it's a mule.
1: You're hurting me. You're hurting me with your <laughs> with your English.
0: Oh, also a Kuse is a breed of uh, wild horse that's all, that can also be domesticated uh, in North America, descended from Spain
1: horses. It sounds like what um, Navi tries to say in Zelda.
0: KU's. I tried to I tried to search what it. Cayus like look like, and all I found was Caillou.
1: And that's very he's very different from what you just described. <laughs> wild <laughs> stallion.
0: Definitely not. Maybe in the second season. But let's talk <laughs> length. Season
1: two, Caillou <laughs> is a wild stallion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Untamed
1: untamable majestic beast.
0: He transmutes. Um <clears throat> They're between 24 and 30 inches, I think, including the tail, and that's 76 centimeters. How many sail fin lizards go into the length of Sauroposeidon protolese, which is a big dinosaur? Sauroposeidon? Looks like sad, sad. S-A-U-R-O. Because it's a sauropod. Got it. Here's a hint. Sauroposeidon Proteles is thought to be the tallest dinosaur that ever lived. It was first discovered when four vertebrae were found and thought to be petrified tree trunks because, of course, they were too large to be animal bones. They were later discovered to be animal bones. So, of course, until we discover that this animal only had four vertebrae or these four vertebrae were anything else, the, the femurs of something else, uh, then this is the tallest ever dinosaur.
1: Maybe the middle part is only for vertebrae? Like it's I don't know. I don't know, bones. I'm not
0: a it's just osteologists example of a of a full dinosaur species being based on a handful of well in number but not in size. Yeah, I
1: don't know what how big your hands are, but <laughs> if they thought it was fossil a petrified tree trunk, I don't think it's i think it's a little bit more than a handful.
0: How many inches did you say this was what's seventy six seven or thirty inches seventy six centimeters thirty inches
1: close to three feet but not quite and this i don't know i'm gonna say fifty feet for this uh does that include when it's uh Rearing back on its hind legs to get to the top of trees, like in the beginning of Jurassic Park. I'm
0: going to venture a guess and just assume that that would have been impossible for, those, <laughs> the, for these guys. That would have made their
1: hearts explode. Um, And they would have fallen over and never been able to get up without they life alert. They would have alert.
0: snapped their front two legs or driven them so deep into the earth they would never, never get up again.
1: All right, so I guess we'll go from the front two legs to the top of their head um yeah
0: it's at the top of the head not the withers so the
1: i will go so i'll go with 50 feet
0: what if these guys were just primarily aquatic that would explain how they can be so big
1: they called them poseidon sorrow poseidon that, w- that
0: that's because poseidon was i read this that's because poseidon was apparently associated with earthquakes to some people and a large land walking dinosaur would assume assumingly make some earth shaking sounds.
1: Oh, I thought they would see it in the water and they're like, let's just stick the word Poseidon in there because water.
0: It was found in Oklahoma. Hmm. But that doesn't mean there weren't wasn't water there at some point. Big big deep water. They've got they have
1: got lakes. Um I'm gonna say twenty.
0: Twenty sailfin dragons? Final answer. Yep,
1: go a- end to end. Go from the ground to the tippy top of a, the largest sauropod's face.
0: The correct answer is 23.6 sailfin dragons. Oh, I was
1: close.
0: If these vertebrae belong to an anatomically traditional sauropod, the animal could be as tall as 7 to 18 meters or 56 to 59 feet.
1: That is a tall boy. It's like uh, the, the building we used to work in. It's like the whole thing.
0: It, it is building, five-story building sized. Maybe even six-story building sized. The sail fin. Uh, let's talk about the fin itself. How high is it? They're 2.7 inches or seven centimeters. Ooh, I was
1: right. Just by estimating, I said like three inches.
0: Uh, how many sail fin, sail fin fins go into the largest sailfish ever fished?
1: How many sailfin fins go into the largest sailfish ever fished? (laughs) This is turning into a Dr. Seuss book.
0: Oh, no, that's canceled. What? (laughs) Specific Dr. Seuss books have been canceled. But we're not talking about that.
1: Anyway. (laughs) Oh, the sailfish. Uh, Those things can be pretty big. I imagine those can be like uh, maybe eight, eight or nine feet long. Including their note, their their sword nose. We're dealing with three inches here. I'll go with nine feet.
0: Nine feet.
1: No, no. I'm going with forty s- sailfin dragon lizard sa- sails. Go into a s- sailfish. The entire length of a sailfish.
0: Forty sailfin sails. Yes. The correct answer is forty-nine sailfin sails. Oh, it was close. The largest sailfin. The largest sailfish ever caught was eleven point two feet and th- three hundred and forty centimeters. I wonder if you could sell well, a sailfin sale
1: for a sailfish
0: <laughs> that was on sale. Oh, I forgot to. Um, the sailfishes are incredibly fast open uh, open ocean fish because of their elusive speed. They are favored a favored prize among sport fishermen.
1: A a, a bit of a posthumous uh, tip there. Hint.
0: Yeah. Well, do you have any fast facts before we get into the major fact?
1: I do have one. I just want to say what they eat. Uh, they eat fruit, leaves, flowers, insects, and smaller animals. They live only in, on certain islands in the Philippines. In fact, I think there's one or two, only one or two islands where they don't live. Uh, but they mostly like tropical areas with uh, a- easy access to bodies of water, like rivers and mangrove estuaries. For reasons we will
0: discuss now. (laughs)
1: Go. Your turn.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. So, sailfin dragon lizards are semi-aquatic. Which means they enjoy the land and the water. Like a homesick pirate. Uh, They tend to live (laughs) around rivers and streams. Like other large semi-aquatic reptiles, they're herbivores. Although, they're probably actually omnivores.
1: They definitely eat insects and, sp- and smaller animals.
0: Yeah. But they, for- they do spend a lot of their days eating vegetation and basking in the sun. Uh, iguanas are almost complete, like your traditional iguana, are almost always vegetarians. But I can't imagine that you would want to pass up a nice little crab or something. Or a bug. So their primary defense is to take to the water when predators approach and their bodies are specifically adapted to life in the water. They're able to remain underwater for long periods of time. To escape predators, they can jump in the water, sink to the bottom, and stay there for up to an hour before needing to come back up. Wow. It's quite quite the aquatic
1: bull I don't even think that hippos can stay under there for that long.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't think crocodiles can either. That, that seems like a long time, but, you know, I don't know. Uh... I will say that a lot of the this information came from pet sites because since this is an animal you can keep as a pet and it's otherwise obscure the the internet is just polluted with pet information.
1: Those darn pet owners. <laughs> how dare uh, they so put things to, on the internet?
0: How dare they be the only one? Really it's not the pet owners fault, it's the it's
1: the researchers fault. They need to put they need yeah. to publish more legitimate research of this
0: animal in the wild there was a documentary but it was in spanish on youtube so i Mm. could not understand it and there was no captioning i gotta learn spanish
1: you gotta get Guillermo del toro to translate
0: males also have a large sail fin like we talked about that starts at the base of their tail and then arches to the center of their tail thereabouts the sail could be used for several purposes they may help with uh swimming obviously um and they could also help cool them and warm them quickly as blood flows close to the surface of the skin through the sail kind of like an elephant ear which we talked about earlier yeah um but female sails are much smaller so the primary purpose of the big sailed males uh might be for something else uh males use large impressive sales as territory displays. Incidentally, intimidating tail sales is what the aol Nation song is actually about. I was
1: The more you were saying it, the more <laughs> the song is creeping into my head. I was like, we gotta find a way to include that into the show somewhere in very small doses so we don't get a copyright slap. But
0: <laughs> Sale <laughs> Every time I say the word sale, it's just that clip from the song. <laughs>
1: go watch the one the YouTube video
0: that's based on that but
1: it's called Snail (laughs) Uh,
0: despite these dinosaur-esque tail ornaments the sailfin dragon's most impressive aquatic anatomy adaptation I guess that would be aquatic anatomical adaptation what did you say before? impressive aquatic anatomy adaptation I guess either one works anatomy adaptation? Yeah, e- maybe that would be hyphenated. <laughs> Anatomy at- adaptation.
1: Anatomical. Anyway,
0: adaptation. the their most impressive aquatic anatomical adaptation is their feet. Their toes are flat, like they're a cartoon carpenter with bad aim. <laughs> a cartoon <laughs> carpenter with the-
1: bad aim definitely has one of those giant red throb- throbbing
0: thumbs. That's true. That's true. Uh. But if a cartoon is run over by a truck, they're completely flat. That's true, that's true. Uh, Their aim is so bad, instead of hammering in a nail, they find themselves on a train track. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Adults use this flat-footedness to swim more efficiently in the water. Their feet act like flippers with a wider surface area, allowing them to push off the water. But adolescents have a different way of doing things, as kids are wont to do. Younger, smaller sail fins actually use these flat feet to run on water. Ooh. Their flat toes slap against the surface tension of the water to push off to the next step. That's why I called it the holy hydrosaur. Kind of like snowshoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering how that was going to play in. This allows more vulnerable juveniles to escape predators quickly across the surfaces of rivers and ponds before diving below or reaching the other side
1: it is pretty crazy to watch a lizard run across the water their legs do yeah they're this windmill not thing and it's it's pretty funny
0: they're not the only ones to be the only reptiles to be able to do this but if you look at their feet they're like literally they look like palm leaves it's it's very very flat they're definitely adapted for the aquatic lifestyle unlike me anyway that's all i got
1: nice I would encourage anyone who is not currently driving to take a moment and look up a picture of the sailfin dragon lizard because there are some cool pictures of this guy it is a pretty crazy looking sail (laughs) (laughs) and the colors are good too (laughs) what if we had done the whole show and every time we said sail we had to yell it like AWOL nation (laughs) (laughs) it would be so obnoxious um all right so that was the sailfin dragon lizard for you out there in podcastia bask in the sun show off your colors and don't be afraid to get in the water unless you live in western australia like the sailfin dragon lizard here in life death and taxonomy
0: Hey, Taxonomy Titans. Thanks for listening to the episode. Just a few quick things. As always, reviews and social media engagement are greatly appreciated. But recommending the podcast to friends is the best way to help us grow. If you'd like some LDT-flavored merch, check out teespring.com slash stores slash taxonomy teas. That's it. Thanks for listening all the way to the end.
1: in the world podcast (laughs) he the uh theodore geisel did come out did create uh, propaganda post-world war ii propaganda videos on how we should deal with germans and japanese anyway
0: (laughs) (laughs) all of this is stuff i'm gonna have to cut out (laughs)